when the Lord comes with this shout, he's going to interrupt us no matter what we're up to. But also the Lord is going to interrupt this whole world when this time of the great tribulation comes. No matter what the world is thinking, no matter what the ways of man are this day, those who believe in God and those who don't, God's plan is going to take place just as he prophesied. It will be fulfilled. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. And today we're going to be talking about a, a subject that in many churches it's considered contraband. We're not to talk about this. It's very controversial. Much of the church doesn't believe in the rapture of the church, and we're going to be dealing with that topic today because I believe the Scripture deals with it as we're going through the Bible verse by verse. We come upon this portion of Scripture that speaks about the day of the Lord, the last days. Eschatology is the doctrinal term. It means the doctrines of the last things, which I've already said encompasses many things, minimum of 1,007 years. And so we read from verse 13, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Father, we ask that these words now would bring comfort to our hearts for one day, Lord, we will be with you and will always be with you. And so, Lord, we look for comfort this day, not confusion, and ask that your spirit would teach us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse 15, it tells us, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Here Paul is letting us know that this came by revelation. In Galatians 1.11, when speaking about the gospel message that he preached, When he came to the church in Galatia, he said, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which I preach by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, 
but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul would spend almost some 13 years once he became a believer until he actually was contacted by Barnabas. There was a time where he was just so dangerous to the church and they were trying to kill him that the apostles said, Paul, why don't you go to Tarsus for a while? And he was just sent away. And so he was there in Tarsus. But he also speaks about a time that he was in the wilderness where it is believed that the Lord Jesus came and taught Paul. Paul knew the Word of God, the Old Testament, what we would know of it. He was, he was the up-and-coming Pharisee of his day. He knew the Word of God, but now it was applying the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Promised One. And so here he's given additional revelation, and he says it comes by the Word of the Lord. When he talks about marriage, he says again to the church in Corinth, I believe this is in 1 Corinthians 7, where he says it's good for a man not to marry. He was given his opinion because he was without a wife and he felt that this is the best way to be free from marriage. But he says, if you burn with lust, if you have that passion, then take a wife, then ladies, take a husband. Don't burn with lust. Don't end up sinning against the Lord because you chose not to marry. But he was giving his opinion, Paul's opinion, don't get married. And so when they would come to Paul, Pastor Paul, could you marry us? Are you sure you want to do this? Because it's probably better if you don't. You know, you're going to get a lot of problems when you get married. And he would try to talk them out of it. That was his opinion. But here he says, this came by the word of the Lord. Not my opinion. This is what the Lord taught. Here we have, by the word of the Lord. It came by revelation through Jesus Christ. Said for the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Those who are asleep, remember, we've already taught about this, that it speaks of death, but we're not going to precede them. In the King James, um, it says prevent. The word, as we translate it out in the Greek, can mean to become before, to proceed, to anticipate. There is no such thing as soul sleep. There are those who teach in that, that the people who die are sleeping, waiting until the Lord comes in this event to wake them. But Scripture teaches us in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, as there is this disconnection with our old physical bodies, but spiritually we find ourselves through rest, through sleep, through death, to be present with the Lord when we die. And Paul said, we won't precede those who sleep in Jesus in a sense They've already resurrected. They're with the Lord right now. So we're not going to beat them to it. We're not going to precede them. They're already there. And when the Lord comes with that great cloud of witnesses, I believe it'll be those loved ones that we have and, and a multitude of believers through the ages that'll be coming with the Lord. In verse 16, he says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. The Lord himself will descend. It will be Jesus coming for his church. Now, this is not the second coming of Christ where the Lord comes and all the world sees. But here Jesus is coming for his church. Specifically, primarily, and no others. We've already read and mentioned several times that every chapter, and there's only five, but every chapter of this epistle speaks about the Lord's coming. But in 
chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Even Jesus, who delivers us from wrath to come. The purpose of the Lord's coming is to deliver us from the wrath to come. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, we'll read and study about this again next week, but he says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord himself will descend from heaven, but there's a purpose in it because the Lord knows, and we know through the Bible prophetically, that there is a coming seven years of tribulation, of great tribulation that is coming upon this earth. When the Lord comes with this shout, he's going to interrupt us no matter what we're up to. But also the Lord is going to interrupt this whole world when this time of the great tribulation comes. No matter what the world is thinking, no matter what the ways of man are this day, those who believe in God and those who don't, God's plan is going to take place just as he prophesied. It will be fulfilled. Now, I see and view the things that's going on in this world, and I think God's plan is coming together. Israel's in the land again, has been since 1948 officially as a nation. There's a portion of scripture from Isaiah that says, shall a nation be born in a day? And now the answer is yes, it was in 1948, May 12th, born in a day, the nation of Israel. But also... I view things like the euro, the European countries coming together as a prelude to a one world government able to buy and sell throughout the world. I view things like, I forget how they precisely say it, the American euro in a sense, just like the European community to have our own American community to where we come together and the dollar is no more and we'll have a new currency The Lord's going to interrupt man's plans at one day, and he'll cause it to come together quickly. I can't think of any other greater way than that to happen, to have millions of believers suddenly exit from the face of this earth and the world in shock because people are missing and not knowing why. And it's going to bring this world together. And they're going to form themselves around one man, which the Bible teaches is the Antichrist. And he will bring peace for a season. That's why the tribulation is divided into two sections. There's tribulation and there's the great tribulation. And for three and a half years, there will be this guise of peace. But the Lord begins to work during that three and a half years, begins to bring judgment upon this nation, upon this world. And when he does that, the world is churning into this great tribulation. And it will be unlike anything that we've ever seen before. My nephew just moved this last this week, three days now in Hawaii, got a new job out there. But the Bible tells us that one day the mountains and islands will be no more. It's probably not the best place to be. Now, we vacationed on Hawaii a couple of times, and I think about that. But I also know that the Lord's going to take me out before, so before the islands are no more, we'll be with the Lord so we can be there until that time. But we know that there's going to be a great upheaval upon this earth. There are troubling times coming upon this earth, and it's not the Christians who are causing it. Many in the world believe it is. Believe that we are as radical as right-wing Islam. That we are as dangerous as they. But there'll be a day when the Lord himself shall descend. He'll come with a shout. This is the only place in all of the New Testament that this word is used. And it means a battle cry. 
He's going to come with a shout. And we can picture men going in the war of days of old where they would just run toward each other, screaming at each other, really trying to freak out the other people, you know, their opponents. They come with a shout. And there'll be that battle cry with the voice of an archangel. I say that word three different ways. Arched angel. I know it doesn't have a D in there, but I try to say it that way all the time. Archangel. I read it phonetically and and it's archangel. I know I just say it wrong all the time. So as I keep saying this, I'll say it one of three ways. I'll say it either correctly once or twice wrong. But he'll come with a voice of that that speaks of one who is in authority. In Scripture, Michael and Gabriel are named for us. There are others in uh, Hebrew tradition. Raphael is mentioned in some of the other Hebrew writings. But in Scripture, we have Michael and Gabriel. Michael is considered to be the patron of the Jewish nation. He's always dealing with the Jews. Gabriel is always dealing with the coming of the Messiah, the birth of Jesus. He prophesies or gives word to Daniel, and it's Gabriel there in Daniel speaking with him. And then it's also Gabriel when he talks to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, when he talks to Mary, when he talks to Joseph. He's always dealing with the Lord's coming. But he's going to come with the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God. There's some things you just can't correct in your mind, and that's one that I struggle with. The trumpet of God. As a trumpet, it's used in the Old Testament to convey people to a solemn convocation, a worship, or to war. Now, we have devised a system over radio or emergency broadcast that we have. We're required by law. We know we have these sirens that if they have a long blast, that there's a tornado coming, something's happening, we need to prepare for. And so we understand this concept. But this is the trump of God, the trumpet of God that is sounding forth. And so it could be that the Lord himself will come with a shout. It's the Lord Jesus who is shouting. It is the Lord Jesus who is shouting as an archangel. It is the Lord Jesus who is shouting with this trumpet of God. Or it could be as the Lord is coming for his elect, he is bringing with him a multitude, this great cloud of witnesses. And they are you know, it's my parents saying, John, you know, we hear their voices. I, I just kind of personally envision that we'll hear not only the Lord himself, but we'll hear our loved ones who are now resting in Jesus saying, we'll hear this shout. Now, the rest of the world won't hear it, but we'll be in tune because we're in tune with Christ, because we're in believers. Our radio frequencies are in tune with the Lord. At any time, he'll interrupt it. We'll hear this shout. It could be that it's the archangels who are shouting with the Lord, or it could be the Lord's voices as that, with that authority, those who are over. could be that this trump of God is the Lord himself, his voice. It's described as many waters at times, as many voices. And so the Lord's voice in his majesty is unique. And Paul could simply be describing the uniqueness of the voice of the Lord himself. But whatever it is, as believers, we're going to hear it. And that is so exciting to me. We've already seen that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those who have died have already been with the Lord. Now there's something about the physical bodies being connected once again, this resurrection of the body. 
But in verse 17, he says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up. This word in the Greek is harpazo, and it means to be snatched away or taken away by force. That's why I said there'll be a day when the Lord calls, and it doesn't matter what you're doing. We could be in church together. We could be shopping for Christmas, as many will be doing. It really won't matter. We're not going to say, Lord, could you just wait? No, we're going to be snatched away by force. It's not going to be an option. If you believe the Lord's going to come, and he's going to snatch you away. Harpazo in the Greek. When they translated the Greek New Testament into the Latin Vulgate, they translated this word to raptus. When we translate that from the Latin into English, it's translated out rapture. So that's where the word comes from. It probably wouldn't work as well with that song we were singing earlier. We shall be caught up, you know, raptured. It probably wouldn't have worked as well. Maybe it could have. But this is where the word comes from. It's not found in the English language in Scripture, but it is translated out to be snatched away, to be caught up. Harpazo in the Greek. Taken away by force. And so there'll be that day, verse 17, when we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the rapture of the church seen in this portion of Scripture. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 53. And there he talked about taking place in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Jesus also talked about this in Matthew 24, 40. There he talked about two men in the field. One will be taken, the other left behind. Two women grinding at the meal, one taken and the other left behind. And he says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. I was watching old Star Trek last night, and it's kind of that beam me up Scotty feel to it. You know, there'd be a day where the Lord just, he snatches us up. And there are times when you watch Star Trek, the old movie, that sometimes they're not expecting it. And the people aren't expecting it. And that will be the shock in the world when there are believers who are, are doing their thing. It could be that they're driving a car, flying a plane, doing their thing wherever they're at, and suddenly they're gone. It will be shocking to the world. Right now the church is separated. In the world, there is many who believe, many different congregations throughout this whole world, but we're still one church. There are those who sleep in Jesus. They're already with the Lord. We're separate from our brothers and sisters who are already with the Lord. We're separate from our brothers and sisters who are worshiping our Lord throughout this whole world, even at this hour today. But one day, he will call us and we will be with the Lord. He's going to gather the whole of his church together on that day that the Lord comes for his church and descends with a shout. And it won't matter what we're doing. At that moment, the Lord calls. We will be changed from corruptible to incorruption, from mortality to immortality. And we will be with the Lord forever. And the Lord said, comfort one another with these words. We're to find comfort in this. We're not to be freaked out. I was freaked out when the year 2000 came about. I wasn't worried about Y2K. But in my mind, I knew the Lord was coming, and it would happen before that time. 
There's another reason because of that. Um, the, another reason because of that thinking that I have is that the Lord has, we have 6,000 years of mankind recorded in Scripture. I know what the world teaches, billions and billions of years, and it used to be millions and millions of years, and they just keep stretching out longer and longer over time. But recorded history, and it doesn't really matter what the world teaches, in recorded history, we still have 6,000 years of man, of mankind. And we find that the Lord has this thing about sevens. Seven is the number of completion. Six is the number of man. And we've gone through 6,000 years of history. The calendar that we have, you know, you can fudge it one way or the other, but we've basically gone through 6,000 years of history, and we know that there is a coming thousand-year rest, the millennial reign of Christ. And so I believe that we are at that crucial time. But also Peter believed it, also John believed it, also Paul believed it in their day, that they were at that time when the Lord was coming. And so the Lord is coming. We're to find comfort in these things. It's not for our harm. The harm will come for those who don't believe. And so as believers, it's really not that we concern, oh, I wonder if the Lord will rapture me or not. If you're a believer, if you're saved, you're going to go. The Lord will shout, you'll hear him, you'll go. You'll be with him. It's for our loved ones that we should be concerned and be praying and be teaching and be witnessing and, and really have that drive, that desire. One day, for all who believe, we'll see our loved ones again, those who sleep in Jesus. We are to find comfort in that. That is comforting. We've been separated only for a short time. We'll have all eternity to be with them. Also, one day, we will see our Lord even better. Yeah, Mom and Dad, that's great, but I want to see Jesus now. You know, it'll be great to see them, but I want to see Jesus. You've taught me about him since I was a child. Now I have the opportunity. Let's go see the Lord, and probably we'll see that at the very same time. And it's through faith in Jesus that this Corruption, this corruptible body, this mortal will put on incorruption, immortality, and that will be with the Lord forever. We're to find comfort in this. There is no comfort to those who don't believe. But to those of us who do believe, we are to find comfort and therefore comfort one another with these words. And so they're to be comfort, not only to find comfort, but to bring comfort to each other. Yeah, I know it's tough, man, what you've just gone through, but one day Jesus is coming. One day Jesus is coming, and we have this hope. We're not to grieve, we're not to sorrow like the rest of the world. Why? Because Jesus is coming. We have this hope. We, we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we're to find comfort and to give comfort because Jesus is coming. We want to give you that opportunity today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it's the first and necessary step. I say this often, but it's true. It all begins with Jesus. And as we prepare to close out in one last song, as we close out in a prayer, I want to make sure that you know that you know the Lord. It's so important. It's the most important decision that any of us can make. We make a lot of decisions in this life. But there is one that is more important than all others, and that of knowing Jesus. See, the Lord, I believe, one day will come for his church. One day he'll disrupt this whole world. But today he could disrupt our own lives 
through a loved one, through even our own lives. And the Lord's saying, John, it's time. Well, he's saying, not yet. But it can happen. The average age, I just heard this yesterday, and the average age of um, a wife in the United States being widowed is 52 years old. It can come. It can happen. We know that. My dad passed away at the age of 56. That's pretty young. I told Lily, we were just talking about this the other night, night, there is really no longevity in the Pinnell family. We all go early. And so the Lord, for whatever reason, for many of us in, the, in our, my families, hey, it's time, you're done, time to come home. And that can happen personally, individually. One day it will happen for the church corporately, those who are alive and remain. And to prepare for that one day, you need to prepare for your day the day that you can be with the Lord. And Father, we just want to know that we were right with you. Lord, we look forward to, we're to comfort one another with these words. We're to look forward to your coming. We know that preparation comes through faith in the work that you did on the cross. And so, Lord, I pray that here in this place that everyone believes, that we all believe, that we all know you. For when, Lord, you come, whether, whether it's coming individually or corporately, Lord, when you come, that we are ready and that we are watchful and that we are prepared. That is my prayer this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.